Hello, everyone. I'm Dalton Burdett. I'm Nick Iricchio. And we are the Movie Nights. Well, some of them. You're watching this because you want to hear our uncensored, unfiltered thoughts and opinions on the world of movies and entertainment. So kick back, relax, and thank you for being part of the conversation. What's up, dude? Not much. We are recording late. Late as hell. Uh, we both had very travel extensive weekends, so this might be a shit show, but hey. Oh, hey. What was it before? Yeah, I, <laughs> that is a fair point. Fair assessment. We're recording late, but it will hopefully be uploaded on time. You'll see if you clicked on it when you normally do. Might be a Wednesday show. Who's to say? <laughs> Who's to say? <laughs> uh, but yeah, so um, before we get into it, uh, there's a couple things I wanted to do off the top. One, I wanted to shout out and thank some people. Uh, that I forgot to do on the first show of the new year, which I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I want to shout out Ashley Verney and uh, Sam Kelleher. I hope I said your last name right. And uh, because they really helped us do some rebranding for the show, they made they helped make the banner that you see on the main mm-hmm. page, the new opening, the logo. They helped out with that. And um, they've also given out tips on everything that you guys see us do on TikTok and the reels. Like they gave a lot of input and helped on that. Really appreciate it. I also want to say thank you to Rob Crowell, who did the little musical cue for the new opening. He also did the music for the local, and he's doing it for the upcoming Quiver, which we're excited about. Mm -hmm. And on a more somber note, um, last week, like the day that the last episode came out of the show, I uh, lost somebody very close to me. And uh, I know that some of you are thinking, that's really sad. What does it have to do with the show? Well... Uh, the person I lost was my grandmother, my mamaw, and she is the whole reason why I watch and do movie things at all. Like, I uh, fell in love with movies from watching them with her when I was really, really young, and so without her, there would be no show, there would be no channel, there would be no short films, there would be no nothing if it wasn't for her. So I wanted to just take a moment and tell and say thank you to her, I miss you, and I just wanted to give her a little bit moment of spotlight because she's not talked about enough for how influential she was on me so miss you mamaw but with that out of the way we're now going to move into our uh, movie news section of the show where nick and i will discuss topics going on in the trades and give our thoughts and opinions on them nicholas what do you got for us first yes well uh mind my phone here because as i said travel heavy weekend <laughs> so i don't have my laptop um, so our first story comes to us from Deadline. Ooh. Oscar-winning Up composer, who also uh, composed many a Marvel project, as mm-hmm. well as uh, Matt Reeves' The Batman, mm-hmm. uh, Michael Giacchino, who also directed Werewolf by Night this year, will make his actual big-screen directing debut with a reboot of the 1954 sci-fi man-eating monster movie, Them! Exclamation point at Warner Brothers. Yes, so this is exciting for many reasons. One, um, you know, another Them movie, which you didn't know you needed. Did you ever see the original? I did. I have not. I, now, granted, I saw it once when I was a kid a long time ago. The ants? That's what they looked like from the image. Yes. Monsters? Also, yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. it, it, it's kind of up in the air as to what they are. But um, regardless, the movie's a lot of fun. And like I said, I saw it once years ago, so it is tough to remember it. But um, the reason why this is so exciting for Michael Giacchino is because he recently just directed the Werewolf by Night Marvel special presentation, which was awesome. I think it was in my top three yes. or four, top five for phase four. Yes. And not only that, 
he did it in the style of the old classic universal horror monster film. So mm-hmm. to hear that he is, you know, helming the new them movie, it gets me thinking, you know, is this going to be in a similar style? Is this going to be something that's completely unique and rebooted? We don't know these details, but I saw the connecting of the dots between him doing Werewolf by Night and doing this film, and I got to say, I'm thrilled. I think it's a great choice, and I think he made a stamp with Werewolf by Night, and he's going to continue directing projects that I can't wait to see, including this one. What are your thoughts on this? I guess my big thing would be, like you, I see the connection of the dots there, but is there going to be breathing any fresh life into it? Because what he did was he took something that hasn't been adapted to screen and made it in the style of something. But now he's rebooting something that was in the style of the thing that got him big. Mm -hmm. So are we just going to end up with like a shot for shot? Like, okay, yeah, it's the same exact movie, but with new actors and filmed on a better camera, but the same... 1954 practice you know that, yeah. that's kind of where my hesitation yeah i hope not because shot for shot for remakes never work see psycho 2002 mm-hmm. uh but i i think he can probably still make something in the same vein and okay it just came to me mm-hmm. you asked if they were ants i had to dig deep mentally for this they are because okay. it was like atomic testing it was like in the 50s and they were doing like anti-atom mm-hmm. bomb stuff he, and they made the ants big <laughs> here's where i stand on it then I think for being a composer who's composed many a memorable score Mm -hmm. and for being a first-time director to do something with Werewolf by Night, which had a very distinct directorial style. Yes. And very competently helmed. Yes. I think that's a great thing. I I think so, too. if that's the way we get to greater features because i don't think he'll end up being kind of shoeboxed into this style Mm -hmm. but to go okay here was your short film in the marvel universe here's your feature length that is in that similar style clearly you you can you know your shit you Mm -hmm. can handle yourself and then to see what he comes with i think i'm more actively excited for what comes after them as opposed to them i see okay no that that's a fair point and and Mm -hmm. i i think there's a lot of truth in that and I hope he composes everything. I hope so, too. However, if he didn't, I wouldn't blame him. If he didn't, I would love to see just another major proposal come in. Because, like, I'm not a composer. Movie scores, yeah. like, I don't connect to them as much as you do. Mm-hmm. I know all of his. I know, like, Hans Zimmer. Right? Yeah. I know John Williams. I know the big ones. I would love to him for him to direct something and, like, Hans Zimmer <laughs> score it. You know, so like, funny. have just, like, all the names. <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, I can't. It's like. I mean, I can't, it's like if, mm, words, if Roger Deakins directed something and for some reason Christopher Nolan was the director of photography. That'd be so funny. And you're like, what's happening? Yeah. I don't like this, but I'm all all on board. Better yet, a big time director (laughs) who's never composed does the composing. We get Michael Giacchino directing them and it's composed by Quentin Tarantino. (laughs) That would be fun. Anyway, <laughs> what do you guys think of Michael Giacchino directing the upcoming Them remake reboot? Let us know in the comments as we move on to our next story. Nicholas, what do you got for us next? Our next story also also comes to us from Deadline. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ridley Scott always said he would return to the Coliseum to continue the story of his blockbuster epic Gladiator. And well, looks like we're close to having that wish granted, Dalton. Sources tell Deadline that Normal People star Paul Mescal is in negotiations to lead the Paramount sequel to the Oscar-winning pick with Ridley Scott returning to the director chair. 
Thank you for bringing that into us. Yes. So, Gladiator 2 is happening. Mm-hmm. Very cool to know. Mm-hmm. And the article did mention it. He Ridley Scott has always said in interviews, like, yeah, I'd like to do another one. Mm-hmm. And just, But you, you kind of just thought he was fucking with us the yeah. whole time. But, hey, it's happening, and they have their lead star. They have cast Paul Mescal, who um, was last seen in things After Sun, which is a movie this year, The Lost Daughter, which came out last year. Both things I have not seen yet. After Sun's getting some wide acclaim. It though. is. It is. Yeah. And, by the way, pretty soon when we do our Oscar predictions, there's some movies that are getting some last-minute Bumps up. Bumps. And it's going to be a fucking battle, dude. I'm intrigued. My favorite time really of the year is know. here. Yeah. Oh, uh, But yes, but anyway, very exciting news. The article also goes on to mention that a lot of the people behind the scenes are returning too. Like, I believe a production designer, a costume designer. Uh, look at the article to make sure, but I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. that's, it's like more people like that. And so um, I'm curious what the story is going to be. I wonder if it's going to be about the same gladiator, if it's going to be about Maximus, but um, younger. I don't know. I think they mentioned that it would be focusing on his son, grown up. That would be interesting. Absolutely full disclosure right here. Yeah. Much like Twister and many a movie that okay. angered our fans, I have not seen Gladiator. Okay, because I'm going to say this, and it's not a spoiler because it's part of the inciting incident. His yeah. family dead. His son is dead. <laughs> then it is definitely Big not time. him. Well, never mind that. I thought that's what I read. I was read. trying not to, like, when you said that, I was yeah. like, huh. Like, I was trying to think of, like, a way to not. I be- saw, I I did not read thoroughly into the article because I was yeah. like, I really haven't seen anything with this actor. Again, and, travel weeks. Yeah, travel weeks. And I am not familiar with the actor very much. And yeah. I have not seen Gladiator. Uh-huh. So I just was looking on, like, what the headlines were showing. And mm-hmm. that's something I saw people running with. But that would make sense. Yes, it would. Then yeah. if it would not be that. Yes, but regardless, I'm excited, especially if Ridley Scott does indeed direct. He's been producing a lot and handing off the reins lately, but we shall see. Well, I don't know. He did Last Duel and House of Gucci. Yes. Which means, all this means is we get more Ridley Scott on press tours, <laughs> which is all that matters. Yes. You're absolutely fucking correct. Oh, my God. But overall, like I said, I've not seen Gladiator. I will obviously be watching it very soon, given this news story. Mm -hmm. And Paul Mescal, while I've only seen him in The Lost Daughter, which personally I wasn't a big fan of the movie, nothing Mm -hmm. against him. Mm -hmm. And I know several people who have watched um, that Hulu show that got him famous, uh, Normal People. Mm -hmm. You got talent. Yeah. And you got a world-renowned director. From a movie that I believe was a Best Picture winner with 15 Oscar nominations, winning five of them. Yes. So. <laughs> Fuck you for having that. It may have been 12 to, 12 to 15 nominations. It definitely won five and won Best Picture. So, I mean, I feel like we're on the right track with everything about this article. Yeah. I agree. Big time. What do you guys think about Gladiator 2 happening and them casting Paul Mescal to play the lead? Let us know in the comments as we move on to our next story. Nicholas, what do you got for us next? Next story also comes for us from Deadline. Tim Miller, most famous for uh, Deadpool and Terminator Dark Fate director, steps in for Eli Roth to handle Borderlands reshoots as Roth cooks up a feature version of the Grindhouse trailer Thanksgiving. So really, we're operating with two stories here. Yes. And I'll let you dissect them both. So um, first and foremost, Eli Roth... Uh, has to go make another project, which is the uh, Thanksgiving 
Grindhouse movie that was uh, had a fake trailer for, kind of like what Robert Rodriguez mm-hmm. did with Machete. Mm-hmm. And uh, but the bigger story, at least the one that I think is more interesting, is he cannot do reshoots for the Borderlands movie he made, and Tim Miller, director of Deadpool and Terminator Dark Fate, is going to step in and do those reshoots. And according to the article, it was amicable, and he was handpicked. But that was also the story for a big movie that happened in 2017, which we later figured out was not the case. Not trying to say there's shade here. I'm just saying. He's talking about Zack Snyder and Joss Whedon <laughs> for Justice League. Thank you, Nicholas. <laughs> We're not playing coy anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, I, I look, I, I have no reason to believe it wasn't am- amicable. Uh-huh. And especially because it's because he's going to go work on a new project. Um, I, I'm just curious as to him just being like, Ugh, Tim, you want to do it? Like, mm-hmm. I'm curious about that, but I'm also happy because a lot of Tim Miller's directorial stuff hadn't really been taking off after Terminator Dark Fate, which is a movie I don't hate. I like mm-hmm. that movie. But um, I'm happy to see him doing something again, which I think could lead to him doing more movies because I like his directorial style. I like him. Mm-hmm. And Eli Roth is Eli Roth. Enough said. But uh, regardless, I think it's better that he goes to work on Thanksgiving anyway instead of Borderlands. I've never played Borderlands, by the way. I'm going to let Nicholas take over from here on out with that. But it is interesting every time you see another director come on and do reshoots. We saw it happen with Gilroy and Edwards on Rogue One. We saw it happen with Justice League. Mm -hmm. One of those situations turned out better than the other one. But, you know, it is what it is. We'll see how it goes with this. And there's always going to be who shot what. Until Tim Miller just does an interview and says everything, because he does not hold to any NDA. You make him sign, and it's hilarious. Yeah, Nicholas, thoughts on the story? Before I begin, <laughs> how off the rails am I allowed to go here? Buddy, go nuts. Let's buckle up. So for starters, I think Eli Roth was a mistake to direct Borderlands <laughs> to begin with. <laughs> okay. And here's why. I love the Borderlands games. They are very action-heavy. They're very sci-fi heavy. They're very Western heavy. Yeah. All around great games. Great story in depth, right? But let's just look at critically Mm -hmm. Eli Roth's entire career. (laughs) Now, there's some sprinklings of stuff that are great. Hostile, fantastic. I'm going to stop you right now. House of the Clock Clock on his wall. Listen, you beat me to it. So good. You beat me to it, right? (laughs) But let's look at also, let's look at now his action repertoire. Ah. Death Wish remake, Bruce Willis. You you want to know why I watched that movie? Because I made you go see it because I wanted to see it. You want to know another reason why, why I went to go watch that movie? Because Movie Pass wouldn't let me watch Red Sparrow. Remember that? Yes, I do. <laughs> um, Which was also a bad movie. So let's look at his most action-heavy film. Yes, and let's call it that. Mm-hmm. Now let's look at his most VFX-heavy film, House with Clock and its Walls which really also wasn't that VFX-heavy. So now we're dealing with a big-budget, sci-fi, most likely VFX-heavy action movie that Eli Roth is directing. Now let's look at Tim Miller's direction history, Deadpool and Terminator Dark Fate. (laughs) Both massive IPs. Yeah. Both wildly action-heavy. Yeah. Terminator Feet had its sequences. Mm-hmm. Deadpool action overall, very solid. Especially for the budget on that one. So my question is, one, why wasn't Tim Miller kind of directing this from the start? But two, is the are these reshoots coming in to basically reshoot action sequences? In which case, cool. 
I'm all aboard that because Eli Roth does have some character moments that he's able to build mm-hmm. with characters. But I feel like he, Eli Roth is, while he's handled big, you know, modestly sized budgeted stuff, is a big budget IP that, if successful, can lead to millions of dollars for a company. I just don't think he was the strongest choice to begin with, mm-hmm. but it's what we have, so we'll take what we can get. And if Tim Miller can now come in and buff up action scenes, but if they're going to try to redo the whole movie, we've seen that work badly in the past. So I do have some hesitancy around this whole story, especially someone who loves the video games, Mm -hmm. which already video game to movie, I'm already hesitant to begin with. Yeah. It's a fair assessment. Mm -hmm. And and it's a good question to bring up because we have not... It's been done before of having a director do reshoots, but only doing second unit action sequences. Yeah. Like, um, I believe... I'm pretty sure this was confirmed Mm -hmm. by the trades. I could be blowing smoke here. I'm pretty sure Chad Stileski was brought in to do reshoots on Birds of Prey. But the reshoots were just action sequences. And if I'm not mistaken, again, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm pretty sure the big sequence he did was the cocaine bat sequence in Mm. Birds of Prey. The best action sequence in the movie? Yes. In which case, cool. Yeah. Reshoot those. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. But I feel like, I don't know. I And I'm not saying Eli Roth is a bad director. Yeah. I, I do see a lot of good in what he's done. It just, it feels like he hasn't been on the right project. And therefore. Yeah. And maybe he sees that Thanksgiving you know? is the right project and that's why he's eager to go work and on And that's it. fine. Or maybe there's some behind the scenes stuff that'll come out later on. Yeah. And and, and to be fair, the article yeah. also says he didn't just abandon Borderlands. The article also yeah. says that like the actors could only be available for one specific time frame that he is not available for. Like it just And this happens logistically. It, does. it just is odd to me that they're not just giving it to a second AD cuz reshoots typically aren't that like extensive yeah. for movies yeah. unless you're Marvel yeah. or something or mm-hmm. DC where you just reshoot your whole movie. Yeah. So it just seems like he didn't have a second eighty to be like, yeah, can you pick show can you get Kevin Hart's hand picking up a glass? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, yeah. that kind of stuff. So I, I find it odd that they brought in someone who has directed massive IP. Like Tim Miller directed Deadpool and Terminator. I don't yeah. think he needs to be doing reshoots for someone else's film. Yeah. That's fair. I'm sorry, Wong. Dude, Wong didn't deserve that. Um, Before we move on, do you know what I just remembered? Hmm. The kid with the crutches from the house with the, the clock. The best joke in the movie. <laughs> yes. Can I tell you how big of an asshole I felt like? Because you and I were the only ones laughing. But <laughs> we also, were. that's the funniest joke in a long so time. Funny. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, anyways, what did you guys think about um, Tim Miller doing reshoots on the Borderlands movie while Eli Roth goes to make Thanksgiving? Let us know in the comments as we move on to the B-roll. What's the B-roll? Well, it's kind of an extension of our movie news section of the show, except we didn't have time to really dive in depth in these stories, but we thought the headlines were cool enough that we wanted to let you know what's going on. Nicholas, what's first for the B-roll? First B-roll. Tim Blake Nelson has joined the cast of Dune 2, a completed film. Okay, that was (laughs) funny. I didn't expect that. That was good. <laughs> now, very clearly, obviously, this is just releasing now. Yeah. The question is, why is it just releasing now? It's based off novels. I'm sure I have not read the Dune novels. Yeah. I'm sure there's someone you can very clearly look at and go, hey, Tim Blake Nelson is probably this person. Yeah. Maybe Austin Butler's dad, because I know Austin Butler's coming in to be the next, like, yeah. 
Maybe. Prince, whatever be it. But I anyway, mm-hmm. more Tim Blake Nelson content. Yes. And I'm all for it. He went away for a while, and then he did Ballad of Buster Scruggs. He was just in uh, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. And most importantly, he's <laughs> coming back as the leader in Captain America New World Order. Fucking yes, he is. And Dune 2, the more TBN, the better, as I always say. Here's what I'll say. Yes. Any news that involves Tim Blake Nelson getting attacked, it's good news. Yes. It's it's good news. It's never bad. Him joining a project is never bad I would news. say one of the best character actors. I wholeheartedly agree. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite film performances, one of my favorite <laughs> film performances is his performance in Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? So good. It's such a good movie and it's such a good performance. Mm-hmm. I love Tim Blake Nelson. This is fantastic news. I hope he comes in and just fucking crushes it in Dune Part 2. I, As I he should. hope so. And he will because he will. he's excellent. Yes. And underutilized. I'm glad he's making a bit of a comeback. What's next on the B-roll? Well, some not-so-good news. Nick Cage has been doing some promo work for his new movie, The Old Way, Western, coming out, I believe, mm-hmm. this week, next week, yeah. limited release sometime in January. Mm-hmm. And someone rightfully asked him, hey, there's a new Spider-Verse movie coming out with a bunch of Spider-Man. Should we expect Spider-Man Noir to show up? And he said no, that no one at Sony has contacted him, and he has nothing good to know about that. So my question is, and not really a question, Sony... What the fuck? <laughs> I have nothing to add on that. I, <laughs> this, I feel this the made same me, exact way. This made me very angry. Yeah, yeah. That's it's just. I want. I needed to know if he solved the Rubik's cube. I need to know. I need to know. It was all purple. <laughs> um, you know what's gonna upset me is if everyone from Spider Verse, the other variants, show up. Mm-hmm. Spider Ham, John Mulaney. Uh, oh, that'd be so upsetting. The, the female uh, uh, Peter Parker with the spider robot yeah. suit. I can't remember. Leaving me as well. But you know, if if we get all those, but not Spider Man Noir in a giant like from the trailer, you can already see many a Spider Man. You can't get Nick Cage to record one line of dialogue in his closet. Like, yeah. Now, granted, his. Bill probably went up because I'm bearable way to massive talent pig kind of yeah shot put him, him back there. out there but mm-hmm. still like he said he loves the character and now yeah. he could just be blowing smoke up all our asses yeah. he's like I just don't want to talk about it I don't give a shit maybe he's Andrew Garfielding us maybe he's Andrew Garfield us but why would you do that for Spider-Man Noir no no you you wouldn't you but wouldn't. that did kind of put a damper on my day let's say yes but yes I still think the movie's gonna be great. And I think Renfield looks fucking rad. Yes. And so, speaking of Renfield, yes. uh, this will conclude the movie news section of our show. But there's a couple things I want to point out. We're yes. going to talk about two trailers that we saw this mm-hmm. past week. Yes, we are. And uh, f- the first one being Renfield. Nicholas, I'm going to let you take the charge on this one, buddy. Nick Cage's Dracula. Why did they release a trailer? They could have showed me a screen with black text or a black screen with white text that said Nick Cage is playing Dracula and the release date. And guess what? My ass was there it opening was there, day. Baby. Um, <sighs> Dude, I was blown away. It looks so fun. It looks so fun, and I hope that they try to go fun with it and not like Morbius it. It looks like it is. And listen, more Nicholas Holt is never a bad thing. I love Nick Holt. And you know Nick Cage watched every Dracula movie ever made to find like the specific quirks about each Dracula and is going to do just some fuck. And he's going to ham it up. Yeah. Because he loves to ham it up. Why yeah. wouldn't he? He's playing Dracula. Yes. But, I mean, Nicholas Holt, Aquafina, um, 
from the writers of well robert kirkman who created the walking dead and mm-hmm. a rick and morty writer and the director is um chris mckay i think so yeah he did the lego batman movie right yeah this is all pointing in positive directions <laughs> i agree i thousand percent agree now oh go ahead oh and it comes out a week either before or after the next trailer we're watching I'm going to take the lead on this one, Chief. They finally released a trailer for Evil Dead Rise, a movie that we were scared was going to be shelved because of Zaslav and his axe, but oh no, no, they moved it from HBO Max to theaters because they did test screenings off the fucking charts with the ratings, and this trailer is one of the best fucking horror movie trailers I've ever fucking seen, only maybe in contention with the trailer for the 2013 Evil Dead movie because that trailer ruled also. Also a great movie that no one saw. Also a great movie. Yes. Excellent movie. I was, Nicholas, I was already excited for the movie. Like you, no trailer necessary. Just Mm -hmm. Evil Dead, new one, release date, I'm there. Dude. Dude. This trailer fucking rules. It's insane. And it looks terrifying. It looks terrifying. It looks gory. Yes. They, are, they went R rating and they're like, and yes. we're using it. The cheese grater scene. Oh. <laughs> like, I'm already terrified of that moment. Yes. Yes. Oh, my God. Because you, know you know what's great about it? All of the things like that that they set up, mm-hmm. you can visualize what happens next. Yes. And it's not going to matter when you see the movie. And I love that the ne- this this Necronomicon had teeth that shut it. Yeah. That, I loved that. And that it was on the record. Yes. Yes. And I love the line when she's like, Mommy, you don't look so good. And she says, Nothing that a kiss from you can't fix. Mommy's with the maggots now. I was like, Oh my God, the fucking deadites are being assholes again. And that's what I need in my Not life. Not only are they being assholes, they're being assholes to like a 10 year old girl. Yes. And it takes place in like an apartment complex. Dope as hell. Yeah. I'm all about it. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. That quickly became my most anticipated movie <laughs> of 2023 above Renfield. Wow. That's yeah. pretty fascinating. No, it was a good trailer. Dude, amazing, amazing. Now that we've talked about the trailers, we're going to move into the next section of our show, which, of course, is the box office. The box office. And boy, what a doozy. So, coming in number one this week, dropping only 33% from week three to week four, Avatar The Way of Water, making $45 million. Coming in second was Megan making $30 million in its opening weekend, $30.2 million. Number three, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, making $13.1 million, dropping only 22% from week two to week three. Coming in fourth, A Man Called Otto, Ooh. making $4.2 million in its second weekend. It's a little bit more limited. It went um, into a lot more theaters, mm. 600 more theaters. And then coming in fifth, Black Panther Wakanda Forever making another $3.3 million. That is your top five. I believe none of us put a man called Otto on our list. Uh, No, we got one through three down pat. And then you and I both put Black Panther for number four, which became fifth. And then our fifth slot, I put Babylon and you put Whitney Houston. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, unfortunately, no. Um, Diving in a little bit specifically here. Yeah. Avatar The Way of Water has now crossed... One point seven billion. Shmoney. It might get to two. It might get to two. It's not slowing down. It's it's projected to stop at one point eight five. I don't think 
I don't think so. And this is with overseas too. Yes. Um, domestically, it's made five hundred sixteen million. Um, yeah, Shit. yeah, it's doing very well. I think it's broken even. I think it's fair to say that. Um, it is, and by the way, this did solidify it as the number one movie of 2022, surpassing Top Gun Maverick. Mm-hmm. Megan, fucking Blumhouse, baby. Megan, with its international box office, its worldwide total, $45 million on a budget of 12 It's It's already profitable. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. More already. or less. Oh, yeah. This thing might make $100 million worldwide if it keeps going like this. I have a lot of thoughts about this that I will save for the movie review. Yes. Uh, Put some boost to Last Wish has made $197 million worldwide. Very good for that movie. Uh, Man Called Auto has made $12 million worldwide, although that didn't seem too crazy budgeted. I'd have to do some more research on that. I mean, 10 is for Tom Hanks. Yeah. Tam right. Monk, sorry. <laughs> and Black Panther has crossed $825 million worldwide. Um, for... Puss in Boots. This is really, really good. It's going to cross two hundred million mm-hmm. worldwide, which is very good. For I've that heard movie. it's phenomenal. I, same. I've heard it's fucking fantastic. Yeah. Um, Babylon's total is thirteen. Oh, that's pretty bad. And uh, I just wanted to check that one out. Uh, yeah, this is interesting. I'm curious going into the new year how things are going to do. I mean, Megan obviously being the first major release of the new year. In a month that notoriously studios dump their shitty horror movies that make no money. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Let's do our predictions. Because I have one. Okay. And you forgot it was coming out. And if you're going to ask me, is that what we're going to see on third? The answer is yeah. When I when I say it. All right. Hold on. Let me get the let me get my uh, let me get my notes ready. All right. <sighs> Go ahead, my friend. What's your number one? Number one is Avatar. Wow. I mean, way of water. Yeah, that was funny. Number two, Megan. Got the fucking three makes it. All right. Number three, Plane with Gerard Butler. Plane comes out. Yes. And here's the thing. People like his fucking movies, man. I know they, they do, do decent. I know they do. And I'm, we're going. Um, Four, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. Five, a man called Otto. You know what's going to actually anger me, though? Mm-hmm. So tomorrow I'm doing um, the Regal Monday movie right. mystery that they've been doing. Yeah. And so I started doing a little, like, you know, investigation, right, seeing what I could find. And I found out a few criteria. So basically what I thought it was going to be was one of five movies. I was thinking Man Called Otto. Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. No. J- just hear me. Just <laughs> just let me go, right? Knock at the Cabin. New M. Night Shyamalan. Okay. Shotgun Wedding, the Amazon Jennifer Lopez, because yep. the last three have all been- Streaming movies. Streaming movies. Mm-hmm. Or plain. So here's what happens. And here's what's going to upset me tomorrow, because I already know what's going to happen. Okay. It's not- They don't do them R-rated. Mm-hmm. So immediately, it's not plain, Knock at the Cabin, or Shotgun Wedding. And it's over two hours. Man Called Otto and Ant-Man of the Wasp Quantumania are both over two hours. Interesting. 
But here's what's going to upset me. The whole point is it's an upcoming release. And it's coming out the Monday between Man Called Auto's limited release and Man Called Auto's wide release, which Uh, is going to piss me off. Yeah. That being said... It'd be kind of funny. That being said, I mean, I wanted to watch it anyway, because Tam Hong's. Tam Hong's. But also, part of me, like, I need... Now there's a 50-50 shot of it being Ant-Man and Quantumania, and I know it's not. Yeah. Because there's no way in hell. Yeah. But I need to know. (laughs) I hope you go, and as soon as Because also, I want to see plane. As soon as it starts and it's not Ant-Man, just go, hey, let's go. We can leave. (laughs) We can just leave. Oh, my God. That'd be so funny. Um, Looking at your predictions... Yeah. I'm going to make this very boring and have mine exactly the same. No, that's perfectly fine. Because I can't argue with Plane. Can I tell you something? I hope Plane is number fucking one. (laughs) It won't be, right? It won't be. Well, here's the thing about Megan. It's been getting word of mouth, which means it's it's going to jump. It has a very high Rotten Tomato score. Here's the thing, though. Mm -hmm. Horror movies specifically open very high. And then drop. Their drops are normally pretty big. Mm -hmm. But... It does have very positive word of mouth, which could change things. But at the rate that Avatar's been dropping, mm-hmm. if, it, if it does another 33 drop, it's it's one again. Like, it, yeah. it's not happening. It all depends on that, really. So, yeah. Watching the trailer for Plane and then the title reveal cracks me up every time. <laughs> and Luke Cage is in it. Listen, Mike Coulter, we're there to represent. Okay, yes. I'm there for him. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. But... It'll be interesting. Yeah, I'm curious, and I'm curious what tomorrow's movie will be for the Monday. I uh, want you to text me as soon. We're as recording you watch on it. Sunday, so yeah. Monday Regal movie. Yeah, X Y Z. Yes, I want you to tell me as soon as you find out. I'll put it in the bottom of the description retroactively on on <laughs> when it reveals on Tuesday. Just yeah. at the very bottom, be like, by the way, guys, <laughs> the Monday movie was this. <laughs> That's funny. What are your guys' predictions for the box office next week? Let us know in the comments as we move on to the next section of our show. Before we move on to our movie review, I just wanted to take care of some quick housekeeping. While we love to have you join and watch us on YouTube, we get that life gets busy. You're constantly running around, or maybe you just don't want to see our faces, especially Dalton's. So for your listening pleasure, the Movie Nights Roundtable is available in audio-only form on Spotify, Google, Apple, and all other major podcasting platforms. Uh, Simply open up your podcasting app of choice, type in the Movie Nights Roundtable into the search, and look for that big yellow logo. And the next section of our show is the movie review section. Yes. Now, it's going to be a bit of a one-sided review, and by a bit I mean completely, because (laughs) I was out of town on a family death, and I did not get a chance to see Megan. Mm -hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to try to go tomorrow. Okay. We'll see. That'd be funny if you just do that and then stitch in, like, your own review. That would be funny. (laughs) But I'm going to try to go tomorrow. Um. I will see it before we see Plane. I'm fucking getting tickets to Plane. I don't care what anyone else in the group thinks. I'm getting tickets to that. It's going to just be me and you. You know, as Probably. soon as everyone looks at their phone and sees what it is, they're just going to go, fuck no. Like, We're that's going to it. the Tam Honks movie. Yeah. And just just to make it that much more inconvenient, I'll I'll do it at Altamont. Like, like just, you know. <laughs> just to make it wild. Yes. But anyway, uh, Megan movie review. Nick saw it. I haven't seen it yet. Nicholas, without spoiling it for mm-hmm. me, give us your thoughts on Megan. I will keep it vague by appealing to the masses, but also talking generally to you. So what mm-hmm. I will actually do, which I think might be a nice start to it, is I will read this letterbox review 
that I saw that I thought was really good at encompassing my thoughts on the film. If you read your mostly because review. it mostly because it was <laughs> I, my letterbox review of it. Fucking guys, I'm writing letterbox reviews for every 2023 movie I see, so uh, follow my letterbox if you're interested. It's in the description below. He did not approve that plug ahead of time. I just want you guys and to I know. don't need to. <laughs> Doesn't. <laughs> Well, they've also been in the description for the last, like, eight videos. I know. (laughs) All right. While never quite fully reaching the horror campiness it sets out to achieve, Megan does offer a few, albeit basic, thrills, a number of entertaining kills, absolutely wild needle drops, and a solid new addition to the horror character pantheon. While I found myself missing James Wan's direction and visual flair, I was most disappointed by the creative team mostly playing it safe, especially given the big swings taken in the team's previous work, Malignant. Now let's talk about this, these thoughts here. First of all, can I just say, well done. Oh, why, thank you. I left out the part where I just said Gabriel v. Malignant, or Gabriel v. Megan. <laughs> yes, that would be great. Um, I was very excited for this movie because Mm -hmm. obviously as because of who we are as people the audience knows and you and i specifically know about each other malignant is a movie that you and i both agree fucking rules yes whether we're in the minority or not is neither here nor there yeah so when i hear that the creative team is coming to make a new movie megan about a killer doll naturally i get excited and the thing that upsets me most, I think, about this is I didn't feel the big creative swings that Malignant took. I think Malignant took a lot of risks in terms of batshit crazy storytelling, mm-hmm. whereas I think Megan was, at its very core, just a killer doll movie. Okay. And there's a lot of interesting storylines dealing with, you know, from the trailers, what you see is this aunt, you know, takes her daughter and she doesn't know how to be a parent, so... She happens to work for this company, has this android, and is like, well, what a coinkadink. I have an android that needs a pairing, and I have a niece who needs someone. Mm -hmm. The thing I think that upset me the most is all of the stuff that was in the trailer is in the movie, and those are the highlights of it. Okay. And not a frame is cut. Gotcha. If that makes, you know, Mm -hmm. what you see in the trailer is what's in the movie. And it's Mm -hmm. like, okay, was this just kind of baiting me into that? And I think part of it is my expectation of wanting the batshit craziness offered by the trailer Mm -hmm. that perhaps upon a rewatch, I might appreciate the storytelling more there, knowing what I'm getting now. But I think regardless, the character of Megan Mm -hmm. is rad and hysterical and creepy and Mm -hmm. funny and everything you wanted her to be and therefore i think she's great what again shocked me most was the limitate they have a pg-13 rating right you have a guy who hasn't really directed much so comparing that to james wan's direction i think adds a lot between the two um but i think the screenplay is is solid from the same screenplay uh akila cooper i believe her mm-hmm. name is from malignant yeah from malignant and oh, i can't remember fear house something like that kill house Another horror movie that was very good that I want to see based mm-hmm. off her writing. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, it just kind of fell flat to me. And it's kind of sad to see because it seemed odd that they put this batshit crazy R-rated movie on HBO Max. And then we get the PG. Like, it almost seems like it should have been flipped where, like, Megan came out first. And you're like, okay, I see how we got to Malignant's crazy, like, yeah. weirdness. You know, like, that seems like a logical step. This mm-hmm. felt like a downgrade. Okay. 
question for you. Yes. I saw an interview with the director where they say it was shot for an R rating and mm-hmm. they made it PG-13. Would an R rating on this movie improve its craziness? And improve what it was kind of going for? I don't think so. Okay. But I think that it would have... I don't think it would have added anything to the story mm-hmm. and the craziness. I think it would have enhanced my entertainment value of it okay. because it was already kind of eh for me. Mm-hmm. But then you see a cool kill and you're like, cool, but you cut away. Whereas if I see like the full kill, maybe yeah. I would have been like, ooh, all right, yeah, uh, that's neat, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that was kind of the balance of it. Did you happen to count how many chairs get thrown? Zero. One, I, I have a hard time believing it, I gotta say. <laughs> Two, how disappointing. <laughs> very, very sad indeed. Um, but, you know, it's it's fine. I I think I'm most sad about... I, I, I'm not sad about its success because James Wan, Blumhouse, Akila Cooper, I'm so happy for that success. I'm saddened by the success because that means that Meg Foran... <laughs> will most likely happen uh-huh. which i'm not opposed to at all because i know that studios are very receptive to critiques that they've had and i've seen reviews online that have been very in line with some of the elements i've been saying mm-hmm. so i think they will work out those bugs and maybe we will get something unhinged that better services the character of megan for how cool she is gotcha but man if malignant had come into the theatricals you know we'd be talking about a malignant too oh yeah and i think that's what hurts most yeah yeah but overall, I mean, it was entertaining enough. Mm-hmm. I was kind of disappointed by it, and I don't think it lived up to the potential of what it could have been. Gotcha. Gotcha. I gave it on, if we're going to go off the letterboxed five-star system, I gave it two and a half. Is it a recommend? It's right in the middle. It's right in the middle. Can I do a recommend at home? Sure. Recommend at home if you want to watch a horror movie. Like a, and it's not even a horror movie. That's the thing, you mm-hmm. know. It's kind of like a, it's like a thriller with yeah. some kill. You know, yeah. like it's, it tries to, it has some comedy in it. Some land, some don't. I question. Yeah. Does the ninety four percent Rotten Tomatoes critic score surprise you? Very much so. Okay. I I was very shocked by that. Watch, I watch this movie and I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? It was fucking awesome. Listen, and it very well could be. Yeah. Um. But I, I am curious because it's from the same team, the Malignant, which you and I are both fans of. So I am curious if you'll react the same way as I did to it or if you're fully on board. Yeah. Um. But, I mean, it it is solid. There's not really much out right now until, like, Ant-Man comes out, unless you're really excited for Plane or The Man Called Otto. Very like, it is a, it is an entertaining time. There are some fun things. It's like a tight, I think, hour 45, you know. It is entertaining, but... Not, I think I was just mo- disappointed by it. Gotcha. Because I could see potential with it. Gotcha. That 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 makes sense. That mm-hmm. makes sense. Well, that concludes the movie yeah. review section of our show. If you like what you heard today and want more, don't forget to subscribe to the official Movie Nights YouTube channel for weekly shows and movie reviews. You can also check us out on our social channels where we'll post updates, short video clips, and more. Those links can be found in the video description below. So, some exciting announcements. Uh, tomorrow... In your time, so Tuesday, Wednesday, Mm -hmm. you're going to be seeing the video of our top 10 movies of 2022, which is going to be super fun. And we're totally going to be wearing the same clothes. (laughs) And uh, so be be on the lookout for that. And uh, with that out of the way, was there anything else you wanted to add? Uh, 
No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys so much for watching, and we'll see you tomorrow.